Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to get back to this. What is the mission of the band? Right. The problem Fish has is Americans don't have an appetite for whimsy in the way that that oh, other that's the problem. Don't You're going to blame America. OK, I like this. Good, good take. You're right. Americans are too. Both of you guys. Americans are too lazy to like fish. OK, no, that's, that's the problem. not what I'm saying at all. Shut up. I'm saying that we- 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys. This is so this is exciting. exciting. It's so exciting. We've got uh, Jeff Simons in Berkeley. We've got uh, Ben Barton in Knoxville, Tennessee. And in the, the Central Square, from Vermont, from the age-old question podcast, Clinton Rich. How are you hey, guys? Hey. It's so Doing good to be great. back with the 50 years, guys. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Looking looking into the future, the age-old guys. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, this is what it's like. Take a good it just hard gets look. worse and worse, doesn't it? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Take a good hard look at this ceiling because that's what's coming for you. Um, now I am so excited that the two of you are joining us tonight. This is uh this is the podcast I, I've probably done the most research on um wow. in, in the last two and a half years. I am so prepared uh to talk tonight about jug bands. Uh I'm really excited. I dug hey, deep. Hey, oh. What? what? It's That's not funny. Jug- it's name three jug bands. Go, <laughs> Uncle Irwin's. No, no I Emmett can't. Otter's jug band from oh, the really? Muppet Christmas. That's a oh no no, dude. And there's the one from uh, Disney World. Yeah, the, bear, the, 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 the Country Bear jug. Jamboree. Yes, That's and then there's jug. Mother McCree's jug band, which became the Grateful Dead. Boom! Oh, it's a jug wow. band podcast. <laughs> it's a jug band podcast. It's actually, by the way, the Fat Bear sucks. I hate <laughs> the Fat Bear <laughs> at the Country Bear Jamboree. Oh yeah, the worst. That thing, Can't play by the way, all. can you can you believe they used to actually have that attraction? Like it was just like redneck bears drunk off their ass making like. 1960s Flintstones jokes in like animatronic, and we were just fed that narrative. Like, here, kids, sit down. We'll explain adult life to you. Oh, the dad's listen, drunk. I live in the mom's long suffering. It's like if the Berenstain Bears had no money. That was the country bear jamboree for sure. 
Dude, dude, there's still a bear jamboree right here at the Smokies, and there's what used to be called the Dixie Stampede, oh renamed Stampede. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They got rid of Dixie, and I was like, okay, fair. So both Ben Bart and Jeff Simons coming in hot tonight, ready to discuss jam bands. This is the uh, second in our New England podcast trilogy. That's why we've called in Clint. And Rich are our New England experts, as it were, especially for that little northwest corner of New England. Uh, but before we get to that, here on 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys on the Electrocast Podcast Network, we got to talk about our Spotify-wrapped um, musical selections. Top three Let's go with uh, our third place finisher, finisher, Jeff Simons. What was your third place finisher? You're going to start to see a theme very quickly, but number three for me was Megan Slankard. Yeah. Any particular song? Or are you just doing the artist? Uh, it was. I just did the artists. Oh, I did the songs. That's okay. Rich? My number three was Vulture Choir by Brothers Landreth. Oh. Nice. Do you guys know that down. song? No, it's no. good. Oh, Brothers Landreth is a Canadian band duo. Uh, are they well, related to Sonny Landreth, the old Sly guitar player? Are they his kids? He is a Sly guitar player. Yeah. I uh, saw Sonny Landreth two or three times open for Richard Thompson. If that's his kids, the dad was a killer player. Joey Landreth is the guitarist and lead singer, and he is a monster Sly guitar player. Cool. Brothers Landreth. Yeah. Yeah, and they're vibey as all get super out. Super vibey, super vibey, old vibey. and vulture choir is a great, great song. Making notes. All right, Ben Barton. All right, so I'm just gonna just spill it all here. My number one song. What? You're not gonna want to go in order. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna do it. It'll be quicker this way. <laughs> My number one song is "As Every Year" in a silent way by Miles Davis. That's my Shavasana song for yoga. So that's the most listened song every single year. Uh, my top artists, TV on the radio, five, Brandy Carlisle, four, Jack White, three, J. Cole, two, Zach Bryan coming in at number one. Wow. J. Yeah. Cole. It, was, it was getting oh. ready for Bonnaroo and then afterwards. I just got super into Zach Bryan this year. All right. All right, Clint. All right. I uh, I have to start by saying that my Spotify is very skewed because I have a 10 year old who doesn't have a phone. And so every uh. time you get in the car, I <laughs> hand him the phone. And so yep. the number three is circles by post Malone. Oh, okay. nice. I love that okay. one. Love that, song. that. love that song. And you and your 10 year old can share in that love. Yes. Big time. Awesome. Awesome. I yeah. think Ben's right. I'm just going to do the rest of mine. So number two was Brad Brooks. And number one was me. Let's go, Jeff Simons. I only use my Spotify for when I'm playing a gig. So when I have to relearn all of Megan's songs, she's number three. I played for Brad Brooks twice this year. He was number two. And panically <laughs> trying to learn my own songs to perform them, I was number one. Interestingly, I was in the top 1% of Jeff Simons' listeners, according to Spotify, nice which made me done. feel pretty good. That's great. <laughs> You got a big, big fan there in Berkeley. I love it. I do. Um, all right. I've got uh, Exit Music by Radiohead coming nice. in number three. Rich Price? 
I've got for my number two, Use Me by Bill Withers. Oh, oh that's a great Cool. One. Excellent. Clint? Uh, my number two was uh, Twiddle. And again, my son's favorite band, and I produced their record. So I did oh. a lot of listening of that record when it got on Spotify, just to I'll bet you did. judge myself. Nice. <laughs> but uh, Twiddle. I think the song, I can't find where it is, but um, I'm pretty sure it was uh, uh, Every Last Leaf 2 was the number two song. Okay. All right. I remember that at one point. I can't um, it, though. My number two, uh, Ben Barton, you inspired me this year to make a, a running uh, playlist. I did nice. that. It was great. And you're right. Like, it's so funny what gets skipped over and and uh, and then cut off the running list. Like, I hear it twice. I'm like, well, I'm done with that song. Uh, but you know, it stayed all too well. Ten minute version, because after the song's done, you've been running for ten minutes. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Well, you're going to love fish then, my man. I've got your next <laughs> marathon playlist pre-selected. <laughs> Three songs. Tim, my number one is is related to yours. I, I listen, when I'm on the treadmill, I listen to an artist. I, ben and Jeff may not be able to hear this. Uh, but I listen to an artist named Andy Grammer. He's got a song, Don't Give Up. And it's my... It's I crank so the, on point. the treadmill up and I'm I think don't give up. I'm not gonna give up. I'm not gonna give up. I I love it. Oh my god, dude. Um, I, first of all, I know Andy Grammer and I know that song, and nothing makes you quit sooner than hearing the first <laughs> notes of that song. As soon as he starts, I'm like, Oh, give it up. Give it up, Andy. <laughs> It's better yeah. than Peter Gabriel and uh Kate Bush's don't give up. That would not keep you running. That no. would be sad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's something about Andy Grammer's radical optimism uh, and positivity that uh, actually works for me on the treadmill. I like it. I like it. Awesome. All right. Experience. Clint, what came in first for you this year? Uh, I can't find it, but I I don't know. I can't find the, the list. Oh, I, that's I a... just read it like a couple days ago, though. I want to say it was. Oh, it might have been. This is crazy, but it might have been Justin Bieber. Huh? I mean, it's not my Spotify. I would say it's like I use Spotify entirely to learn songs as well. And try so, to distance yourself right but away. The, but the, but I do love some Beaver. I'll take some Beaver. Yeah. But, but that was, I think that was number one because I remember looking at it and be like, "Ooh, what? How did what?" <laughs> but we're talking hours then, in the car, and then you boy. embraced it as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to show you how hip. I am at the age of 52. My number one uh, most played song of the year was Blue by the Jayhawks. <laughs> you had a tough year, man. Exit music, Blue. Yeah, I know. Blue, the exit Blue, music does not cheer me. Uh, all right. Well, we got to move on. Keep breathing. That was your lyric of 2022. <laughs> Keep breathing. Clinton and Ridge, I don't know if you've um, listened to season three at all. Oh yeah, because the travel we, the travel log. Yeah, the travel log, the uh, musical road trip we're on. What we do when we get to a certain location is we pick an arrival song, and for New England, uh, excluding Boston, or heck, tonight including Boston, it just so happens that the same group has our arrival song, our favorite sons of the area song, and our pick 
for our favorite band from New England. It is your band. The Sweet Remains. Oh, come on. Oh, we didn't know. songwriters yeah those <laughs> bastards they'll come after us the sweet remains excellent stuff rich bryce how and long have you guys in... been together now we have been together uh 15 years we awesome. just played it at the bowery ballroom uh, a couple nights ago and we had a photo taken in the same photo. spot I love it it's so great just like the beatles and like 60, the, yeah, uh, three exactly. and 70 right exactly <laughs> Uh, we've aged a little bit more than than uh, the Beatles in that photo, but we decided that we're going to go back in 15 years, although we'll be um, slightly depressed if we're still playing the Bowery Ballroom in 15 years. But Oh, oh come on, don't say that. It'll yeah. be a fantastic yeah. gig. Playing the Bowery. Yeah. 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 No, it's great. depressed we're... if you're playing like a, you know, a bar mitzvah. Yeah, like, just keep it quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, but we're we're having fun still, and and uh, we are geographically challenged. I live here in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, Brian lives in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh wow! And uh, Greg lives in Connecticut. So, um, but we record most of our our albums here in Vermont. So it is definitely a New England band. And Clint is helping us uh, record the new songs from the new record, and and uh, Clint Sweet. has played. Played on, I think, on every single one of our yeah. records, and and Jeff's played on a bunch of them as well. I thought the bass on that last song was particularly notable. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh, God, yeah, I've been That's lucky so enough man. to sit in with this band maybe half a dozen times. The last time they swung through California, I got to 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 uh, jump up for a bunch of tunes, and that's uh, a musical bunch, man. It is just harmonies everywhere you look i love they uh they have a thing where they sing all around a uh what kind of is that a ribbon mic that you sing around or what's it diaphragm condenser diaphragm condenser but it's right out of um i mean it's right out of the 1930s louisiana hayride it's just awesome they all like uh get around it super close and pull off those three-part harmonies it's terrific and timmy and i are independent parties we we have no skin in this game, and I can just yeah. say I just absolutely love the Sweet Remains. Such a huge fan. Woo, One of the thanks. things that I really, really, really appreciate about the band is, um, like, basically in this general genre of folk slash rock, there's some areas that are overmined. Like, so for example, the band, 
like uh, there's a lot of new bands that can't play. And they're like, you know, what we should sound like is the bands. And then you get <laughs> another band record of guys who can't play. Um, this particular vein, though, like the CSN, like the beautiful harmonies, really like delicate, filigreed songwriting is hardly veined at all. Like you guys are just mining in, in virgin territory and it's fantastic. And part of the reason why is it's really hard. Yes. <laughs> really, really hard. Like you need to be able to really sing and really, really write to create the stuff that the Sweet Remains do. So I'm just a huge fan. Well, I appreciate that, guys. And, you know, one one of the great things about being in this band for me is to be in a band with two other songwriters and and to carry the load with of the lead, you know, lead vocals. But also they're two of my favorite songwriters. And so I, I geek out as a fan of these guys. But it's also creates some challenges for us as we're experiencing right now in the studio. Uh, and Clint, I think if he had hair, he'd be pulling it out <laughs> because it's the songs are are so disparate, and we're we're trying we're having a hard time figuring out what is the sound of this record because mm. um, my songs sound very different from from the songs that the other guys are writing. So, so I want to recommend that you try to sound like the band. That seems like a, <laughs> that's a really good idea. Good thing um, you got a producer there. I love, gonna I love that you disclosed home. where both you and and uh, and Brian live, but uh, Greg lives somewhere in Connecticut. I thought yeah. that was a nice touch. <laughs> like, Greg would prefer I don't disclose his exact location. <laughs> he he often actually says he lives in the tri-state area. <laughs> the tri-state <laughs> area. <laughs> All right. Well, enough. Uh... Uh, enough praise enough uh compliments i know what this podcast is really going to be about it's going to be about some testy individuals bringing their <laughs> strong opinions to the floor we are talking about jam bands and i wanted to start by giving you Rolling Stone's reader poll of the top 10 jam bands. Great. Number 10 is Mo. Number nine, I'm going to skip because I want your opinion in a little bit. Number, okay. eight, number eight is Umphreys McGee. Number seven is Government Mule. Number six is Widespread Panic. I expected them in our, in our list. Dave Matthews Band comes in at five. I'm going to skip number four. <laughs> Fish is number three. The Almond Brothers, number two. The Grateful Dead, number one. Any issues with the names of the bands I have listed there? I, I don't, don't have... think the Dead or the Almond Brothers are jam bands because they predate the whole idea and it's a lazy lumping. I think if you, you could call the Almond Brothers when they came back in 89 and kind of reinvented themselves to fit in with that younger generation. That second, like Allman Brothers Band 2.0, I think is a jam band, but the original band isn't. And the Dead are their own thing. But other than that, uh, I think those are all jam bands. Yeah. So I think the Dead are the prototypical jam bands. And I think that's super fair. I mean, there's there's there's, there's bootlegs from 72 where they've got 10 minute, 15 minute songs. It's not about that, though. I mean, I, fine. I don't want to quibble. Yes, the dead are a jam band. And if they are, then they belong at number one. Okay. Wow. <laughs> We're gonna was... fight so much. I'm not <laughs> okay. I'm not starting there. Like <laughs> so amenable. Well, Rolling Stone had a, a pretty strict strict definition. A lot of readers put Pearl Jam 
and they said no. A lot of readers put uh, Led Zeppelin, uh, and they acknowledged Led Zeppelin had very long songs, but at, at some point they just started doing a set list. But number nine was Pink Floyd. Hmm. No, absolutely not. Mm-mm. Boo. Boo to they Rolling did the Stone. same exact thing every night, and they did their albums in sequential order. On the 77 tour, they did Animals, took a set break, and then the Dark Side, and then did Wish We Were Here. That was the show. Like, there couldn't be anything less jam bandy than that. And what about number four, Cream? No. No. I'm with Jeff on that. No. And also, they're Cream's annoying that. and bad. So. What is Rolling Stone's <laughs> definition of jam bands? So uh, you have to have a long, improvised uh, guitar solos and jams, for lack of a better word. And uh, and they were really highlighting the improvisation that it's going to be different every night. Except it was 12 bar blues for an hour and 10 minutes until they cut the power. It wasn't like they were writing and inventing new. It was like, you know what would make rolling and tumbling better is if it rolled and tumbled for 27 minutes. I mean, that cream is not a no. No, you're out. Uh, what about um? Well, that's certainly what the that's certainly what the Grateful Dead did. I was Although you could argue Dark Star is like really inventing music on the fly, right? And coming up with new weird stuff. Playing in the band would like would last no, like 40 I, I mean they were they were yeah improvising I say, and I would say that also an, a, another definition of jam band that has come out of maybe the more modern quote unquote area era of jam bands is the ability to play multiple genres. I think that's mm. a big part of jam band is that like there's a lot of bluegrassy styled quote unquote jam bands now like cabinet green sky bluegrass that are lumped into this genre of jam band but mm. i think like bands like fish they'll play funk they'll play bluegrass they'll play jazz straight ahead jazz they'll play you know i think that's another element in 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 addition to the improvisation it's the the breadth of what they're doing night after night in addition to never doing the same show twice all right and real quick uh thoughts on on who didn't make it the black crows and their you know the bands that came after them the uh swiss brothers robinson and everything like that yeah i don't think they're jam bands i don't either i think they're They're more they're they jam (laughs) i think there's a difference between bands that jam and jam bands it might be that that difference is bands that annoy Ben are jam bands and bands that don't, <laughs> don't quite qualify because every band we cut, I can see Ben's like, oh, I kind of like those guys. And we're like, no, no, they don't belong. And he's like, fine with me. We're just yeah, no, for sure. Nice. It's uh, funny. Um, all right. Well, it was Jerry Garcia who said um, what they offer is like licorice. And a lot of people don't like licorice. But people who like licorice really like licorice. And then he said, where am I, man? <laughs> oh, and then he said, you know, what's funny. It's a nice breeze on my yacht. I feel like, like you liking it. Actually, more likely, he was like, like me. I really like licorice. I ate this whole bag. <laughs> That's probably what he said next. Oh, boy. All right. We've got uh, Vermont's most successful band fish going on trial here
what they're what they're going on trial for is whether or not they are listenable. Ben Barden, you hold that they are not oh listenable. Jeff Clint, you hold that they are quite listenable. Uh, Rich, you're somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I I well, I'll weigh in <laughs> shortly on this. Okay, all right. <laughs> Well, I will be the the literal sound of equivocation. (laughs) Well, I don't know. No, I I greatly respect and appreciate Fish. I don't choose to listen to them, but I've been exposed to them through living in Vermont, through playing with those guys. Okay. I was not the class clown, but I sat next to him and I studied him. I appreciated his humor. <laughs> all right. Exactly right. Uh, all right. This court will come to order. Uh, opening argument. Uh, you have one minute just to state your case, uh, Clint. One minute. All right. Fish is a live band, and Fish gives you what you put into the band. In that way, Fish is a, it's not for the, every Joe Schmo listener, right? The more you dig into their catalog, the more you get. Meaning they have, starting from 1983, have written these through composed songs that started their career that are just epic tunes. And in addition to creating an entire world called Gamehenge and the man who stepped into yesterday. So if you start in that realm, and you do the work because you're digging into a 10-minute through-composed, very progressive rock song. Once you dig into that and you know every nuance of that, once you get later in their career and they start writing poppier songs, quote-unquote, with with verse-chorus, verse-chorus, bridge-chorus-chorus, the appreciation doubles. So I consider Fish a, a... the more you give, the more you get kind of band. And I don't think there are a lot of bands like that out there. Thank you very much. Uh, defense that fish is actually unlistenable. Go ahead, Ben Barton. So um, I'm not going to be a minute. I'm going to be more than a minute. Uh, so the first thing I'll note for the ladies and gentlemen of the jury is that I'm not a drive by on this situation. I've seen fish multiple times starting okay. in 1990. Um, and I've seen them at Bonnaroo on that list of bands, the list of jam bands. I saw the Almond Brothers, but after Dwayne was dead, obviously. Um, and I saw like some portion, I think I saw Roger Waters for part of whatever he did at Bonnaroo. I've seen all of these acts at Bonnaroo. I have given jam bands the college try and then some. I saw the Grateful Dead as the Grateful Dead and all the various different parts of the Grateful Dead. So I do not have, an, in my opinion, an unintelligent or unlearned opinion about these bands. I've given them the college try. And Jeff sent Tim and I a 10-song fish mix, which I listened through without skipping all the way through. Wow. Which actually, sadly, hardened my opinion and then some <laughs> oh, <God>. fish. Um <laughs> I don't understand the mission of fish. I just don't get it. Um, The songs, the lyrics are dumb. The songs are, are like interesting. Like it's definitely composed. I understand that it's composed music, but I don't understand what exactly that I'm supposed to get out of it. There is like a sheer musicianship to it, but that goes a short distance for me 
because it's purposeless. It goes nowhere. There's no reason for it. Um, and actually, I had been under the impression, I believe last time, and one of the things that makes me laugh about this is this is another relitigation podcast. Like, this is the third <laughs> time I've had to trash fish. <laughs> um, but I'm more than happy to do it in expanse. Um, on re-listen, I, my, my original opinion was that they were all fantastic at playing their instruments, and a particular Trey was, was, was a really tremendous guitarist. On re-listen, I was like, no, no. There's so many boring solos. There's so many boring guitar parts, just brutal, where he's like, uh, there, there are guitar solos where um, having taken guitar lessons and tried to get better, they give you these like finger exercises where you're just playing it over and over again. There's like two, min two three minute solos that are just scales and finger exercises, just not interesting at all. Insofar as this music reflects jazz and funk, I don't understand why that I get more shit. Like it's a super white bread version of that music. They're completely um, like occupying that space and watering it down for dumb people who can't listen to the original versions of it. Oh, like geez. like that, that that's music I like. Like I really like jazz music and I really like funk music. And this version of it is so white bread Vermont. Like I just really, really strongly object to it. Um, and also like there are all any... There's like, I can count on a couple of hands. I don't even need all my hands and toe, fingers and toes to count the number of 17 minute songs that I like. And this is a band that has the fucking, you know, like 350 17 minute songs. Completely unacceptable, boring as hell. I listened to Jeff's stupid mix. The last song was, I don't know, 15 minutes long. And you know how with Spotify, you finish it, they start another song. I went another 20 minutes before I noticed. I was like, <laughs> wait, is this still that same shitty song? And I went back and I was like, oh no. I listened to Extra Fish by mistake <laughs> because it was all wow. just interchangeable. All right. Well, the uh, the opening argument, the uh, the case, and the closing argument all from the top rope right at the beginning. And by the way, you may have trashed uh, Fish before, but those are just pre-trial hearings. Uh, <laughs> this is this is the real stuff. By the way, I know that Drake didn't get its own uh, podcast, so I'm sure that's going to happen. As long as we're relitigating everything, I want my yeah. own Drake podcast. Well, we are. I mean. Yeah, we missed our chance with Toronto, I guess, to really go after go that. But... Go ahead, Jeff Simons. So here's, I love your question. What is the, I don't understand the mission. And this was, this is what reintroduced the band to me. So I, I have a up and down with Fish. I really like them. I like them a lot more than Ben did. But Ben and I saw Fish five times together by the end of 1993. And wow. at every, at the end of every show, I was like, boy, I really like that. And he was like, I really got bored by the end of it. Like, and we saw shows where after half an hour, we were both like, it's pretty good. We're, we're both having a good time. And then I continued to have a good time. And Ben's time, good time wore off considerably. Uh -oh. I remember we saw one of what's considered one of Fish's best shows. We saw the Greek theater in 1993 at the end of that kind of summer tour where the band took it up a notch. And you and Randy and I went and, uh, they finished and Randy turned to us and said, can we go home now? <laughs> he was so <laughs> done in by the experience. But he, it is interesting. So and then I, you know, and I, I really liked Fish. They broke up in 2000. I did not like Fish 2.0. I thought they sounded really crappy in 2003, 2004. I uh, was glad for them to take a break. And I didn't think they got the mojo back when they came back until... I thought from 2011 to 2015, I heard some good music. Like people would tell me, you absolutely have to listen. Our friend Eric Becker, who's probably yeah, listening right. to this, sure. would say like, you have to hear this set. And I would agree with him. Like, oh, they, they, they're starting to sound like a really good band again. But 
I want to get back to this. What is the mission of the band? Right. The problem Fish has is Americans don't have an appetite for whimsy in the way that that oh, other that's the problem. Don't you? You're going to blame America. OK, <laughs> I like this. Good, good take. You're right. Americans are too. Both of you guys. Americans are too lazy to like fish. OK, no, that's, that's the not problem. what I'm saying. Oh, shut up. I'm saying that we like. <laughs> We like we don't mind when singer songwriters have a joke song like when Rich plays the set, he plays like break up, break down and everybody's hearts broken. And then he's like, and here's a funny song about something else. And they're like, ah, and they go up and down. We like our rock bands either to be serious or not. We like them to pick a lane and stay in it. We want Radiohead to be an, a deep, interesting experience. And we want ACDC to not be a big, deep experience. We want ACDC to be fun. We want Radiohead to make us think. And we put bands, we put bands in particular in one of these two categories, Cheap Trick, Dumb and Fun, ACDC, Dumb and Fun, Radiohead and Pearl Jam, Deep Serious Art. And and I'm guilty of it. And my my back and forth with Fish is related to my inability at times to to balance very serious music with very unserious lyrics and at and that was a problem for me as well right but they're whimsical we don't do whimsy in rock bands you're not allowed to be silly as a rock band unless you're all in silly and i think that's one of the interesting things about this band is it has definitely serious musical ambitions and a goofy ass sense of humor boy are their lyrics dumb but so are most rock lyrics like a sweet talking mama with a face like a gent my get up and go must have got up and went is not exactly like let's all stop and contemplate that but what fish is <laughs> is it's frank zappa without the indefensible misogyny it's king crimson without the deadly seriousness it's yes without the embarrassing pretension it's like if monty python became a kick-ass rock band or if all the guys in the audiovisual club suddenly could shred and I go back and forth. The turning point for me was, what if I'd stop penalizing Fish for not trying to be Radiohead and appreciate them just for what they are, which is a bizarrely hybridic version of a lot of things I like that don't usually go together, right? And once I jumped that hurdle, I really got back into them again. And the second thing, so interesting that you got bored because I actually have turned all my favorite fish moments into long mp3s i've gone the other way like i took like you know sets where i like four or five songs in a row i actually put them together in, into what is now one like 45 minute mp3 and i'm deliberately experiencing them that way because for me the point is to get lost in it i also like a 50 year old man exercise to this band and <laughs> i mean when i get it when when i let myself like go into the space where I'm in this band's orbit. I really am enjoying it. And then I would say that's the other thing about fish is it's, it is unusual. Like it's a thing. It's an experience. It's not like any other show that they are, they are weird, but they bring it. They come to entertain the shortest fish show. You'll, you'll see is two hours and 20 minutes long, which 
for people who aren't into it is an eternity. But for people who are into it, it's a really generous night out. They don't gouge on ticket sales. There's a lot of egalitarianism around the band that I also admire. So I think you that's the essential question, man. If you don't understand this band's mission, they make no sense whatsoever. And you may decide you don't like the mission, but I've decided like once I forgave them for not being what I expect a rock band to be and started to think about, well, how might I appreciate what they are? Like, the, the thing has made a lot more sense to me. I have listened to a lot of fish in the last two months. I am, I <laughs> recommended this podcast, not just because I wanted to talk to Rich and Clint, but because I'm having this weird kind of fish resurgence and it has taken me by surprise. And I'm, I'm kind of into it. Like I don't find it boring. I don't find it unlistenable. I don't find it. I, and the things that used to bother me are like, and maybe it's because I'm so familiar with the material now. I could play all these. Like I could sit down and play Divided Sky at the piano for you. I could play all of Reba. Like I've listened to these songs now to the point where they're in my like they're they're not taking me by surprise with all the twists and turns. And like their length for me is not uh, like I, I know how they all go. And so like in these songs, like minute eight, when they go to the third theme, I'm like, oh, here comes that third theme I like, which is. <laughs> You can only have that experience if you listen. Like it's like you and in a silent way. The first time people listen to in a silent way, they're going to be like, "That was the sound of people tuning their instruments." The fiftieth time you listen to it, every little thing makes sense. And I'm not saying that "Fish on Every Night" is Miles Davis's uh, great '69 band, but there are there are ways to get lost into the sound of that band where you you can anticipate where they're going to go. And when you guess right and they go where you think they're going to go, it's, it's, it's a, it's kind of exciting. I got to send that, that, um, that Spotify playlist you made out to our listeners so that they can, they can weigh in as well as, uh, as our jury out there. Uh, Clint, is it your turn? Yes, Yes, my turn. (laughs) So I'd say if we're talking straight jam bands, nobody does, a jam better than fish. And this is what I mean. Fish has a way of their entire operation is based on tension and release, right? That's their entire mojo. They spent years practicing tension and release as a four piece band in a room where no one was listening and they just did exercises. And what they do when you go see a band that doesn't know how to jam, Here's what happens. They they play for a little bit and they get excited. They get excited. It peaks and then it drops. And then they play and they get excited. They get excited and it drops. And then again, again, and then and it's this this rocky roller coaster. What fish is unbelievably good at is taking you from point A to a crescendo and a point B that is so high, all in the course of whatever two minutes to sixteen minutes. But rarely do they drop the floor out until the jam is over and that is that's all it's real real hard to do to have a a group of twenty-one thousand people in a room hanging on every note and waiting for it to get to the crescendo moment most bands i would say all bands other than fish can't do that no yeah. other jam band is at the level where they're selling out Madison Square Garden for four nights in a row. Oh my God! Yeah, you know Who, who's nobody. Play, who's playing music right now? I am. It's a little fish in the background. I thought it was kind of a, you wanted to hear some, but I'll. You're like you're already hating it. You're like, what is that horrible noise you put on in the background? 
You crazy I don't kids. The thing about in fish defense, is, you, you, in Ben's defense, not every one of the twenty-one thousand people is hanging on every note. There is, uh, the, okay. fish is a scene, and it is frequently a scene that irritates the absolute hell out of me. Like I, I spent the last time I saw fish, and I had a good seat. I spent half my time warding off Wookies trying to stand next to me. Like, yeah, if I leave my wallet and my beer is collateral, can I have your stub? My buddies just need to get down here. I'm just like, dude, go. Oh way. Like <laughs> half the show is you're dealing so, with, with morons. So which I don't I tell you what. Much. There's a big difference between Fish Live and Fish Records, right? Okay. I think they've done, what, 10 records? I don't know how many records 13. they've done. 13 records. Yeah. And starting with Junta, which is that whole through-composed madness, you know, Divided Sky, Esther, um, that, that era, once you get past that, there's a lot of, like, great songs. And what we always talk about in the age-old question is, a great song to me is defined by the ability to pick up an acoustic guitar and play that song as one person. And, and does the song carry without all the other instruments? Right. And there are many, many fish songs that do that for me. And yes, the lyrics are silly and yes, the, you know, that they, they jam, but if I were to pick up a guitar and I could play an entire set of acoustic fish songs, that that hold the listener i mean anyone can there there there's enough catchy melodies and there's enough uh structure there i mean trey's a great song and in writer. fact that's what we're gonna do right now <laughs> yeah look at, where's my guitar chop chop wait Good. i have a i have a question for for a, the person in the room who's listened to maybe three fish songs in his life Aside from the playlist, wait, that Jimmy, you me. didn't listen to the mix that I had I, to sit through. You I, didn't even I make it. I got through three didn't songs. Make, it didn't even come close. First three all, songs. I'm gonna can you. Like you're out. You can't. <laughs> wait, what's on that? Mix? I had to sit I, through them all. You got to sit through them all. I have to be an impartial judge here. Uh, but here's my question: You guys, the, the impartial judge, by the way, wrote the words "gouge my ears out." <laughs> no, and also you're gonna be song. more impartial by listening less. You should have had to listen to the whole thing. So my uh, my question is, you guys keep talking about uh, silly lyrics. Can anyone give me an example of a lyric that that's bad that you roll your eyes? Oh, at well, the a lot of them. There, there are I some don't... lyrics that have actually that I kind of like. They're they as they got older, they got a little bit less committed to super silly. But um, a lot of the songs have. But we we've talked about this before, Jeff and Clint. You both are music first and lyrics second yep and for me i'm lyrics first music second yeah so i like and, backwards down the number line i i like that song good there as a and as a fish fan that's one of my one of my favorite songs i oh, mean good. it's it's you know what i mean it's like that is taken directly from a letter written to him by the way oh nice nice the lyrics of that are the words of it's like taken directly um which but yeah, that, that's a, they're not his lyrics. That's an interesting point. Is that 
the two guys who are music first are the ones that like it and the lyric first people aren't. But my point is where's why... Ben? Ben, ben a mix you... of both. Well, but I mean, that being said, I, I, I'm really a mix is. of both, but I do not like prog rock. I've never liked prog rock. There's a half a dozen yes songs that I can stand. King Crimson, out. And I can't remember, what was the other band you listed? Zappa. Ooh, oh, just despise Zappa. Yeah, so, I mean, it's really, there's a lot of... The, the, pro, lot, the progenitors like... for this are all bad, for sure. And Which it's weird. I actually like The Grateful Dead better. I was going to um, say, it's interesting that The Grateful Dead is, or the Fish is often hailed as sort of the 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 successors of the grateful dead because for right. me they're they're they they're they could not be more different i totally huh. agree with you rich yeah. totally musically agree. but that's that i mean the scene the is dead. similar the scene that's is similar that, and the, that was the whole point it was never musically that they were similar it's that they carry the torch of the traveling circus where people go from town to town and there's an entire economy around a fish right. you go on tour right. with fish in the way that people went on tour with some Fred. of the harmonies yeah. are, are are similar and some of the sort of keyboard bass work is similar the the, mm -hmm. the, the, the like the dead are much 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 more folky and bluegrassy than the mm -hmm. fish is but and i actually think well the fish dead couldn't also better, like that fish, fish are, are better harmony better musicians oh like, there's no are, doubt about that but that, that's, not a, that's not necessarily good but i just think they composed you tend to compose to the edge of your actual dexterity. Right, but and that's so fish also not good. Fish compositions go to a place that are uh, that are much more common. You like the fact that Pearl Jam composes to the edge of their dexterity. Take it easy. You like that. You like that animal is a cool riff. That's hard to play. You do like that song. I do like that, but that's not. I mean, these guys are like they're 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 on they're they're pushing out in the boundaries in a lot of different ways. Many of which are unpleasant to listen to on purpose. Yeah, okay. And that's a that's a tough sell. Tim, yeah, do I, you know and I don't I don't just I, I have a I have a a larger though not inexhaustible appetite for complicated music than you do. So, Tim, do you know about the vacuum cleaner? This is such a weird question. Look um, at his look at his his ceiling. He definitely I, does not know about the vacuum cleaner. Um, you say Clint, you don't say a vacuum cleaner. You say the vacuum cleaner. So no, I don't. So the story is this: John Fishman, drummer of Fish, okay, was at a party in like 1983, okay, and that somebody at the party was giving him crap about being a drummer or something. He said, "I can play any instrument in this house. I can play it." I can play anything in this house. Okay. And so the person was like, play that vacuum cleaner. So he picked it up and he's like, <laughs> and he does this thing. And so for the next still to this day, he plays the vacuum during, <laughs> during. They have a, a vacuum well, cleaner that they bring out with them? It comes out. Yep. They have a lot of shtick. They have trampolines. But they've gotten rid of most of that shit, haven't they? Like they when, have. we, when Ben and I first saw the band in 1990, <laughs> They got on the trampolines on song two, and we were just like, <laughs> what is going on here? And I didn't dislike it then, but I'm glad they outgrew it. I mean, they, you know, they, but that that's the other thing. Back to that, like, whimsy thing I'm trying to say, like, the they were positioning themselves as decidedly different in some ways from a rock band. Like, they were trying to soften the whole thing. It's like four four dudes on stage shredding. They were definitely trying to undercut that a little bit with silliness the vacuum cleaner solo fish playing in a dress the trampolines the secret language like the little noises and stops even like having the like the whole game hinge fake 
you know, fake mythic story that was Trey's senior thesis that turns into a thing that they only play every seven months for super fans. All of that built a myth that they could build a, a touring career around. But I do think they got they out, I think 93, they outgrew that. And I'm glad they did. And then they became a a much different. Well, I mean, not necessarily better, but they became a much different band that created a uh, kind of a second act for itself when it shed that stuff. Yeah, that, I mean, that does not. I mean, that's exhibit A uh, as far as like, oh, this isn't my band. See, right? Because you expect a band to take itself really seriously. You expect a band to come on stage and be like, well, I expect a band to play instruments. Not no one plays better. Nobody plays better instruments. Nobody plays the vacuum better. (laughs) If you put if you put Stone Gossard up against Trey. okay, And Stone Gossard is an incredible guitar player, but he couldn't even be in the same room understanding music theory oh just but that's that's oh, not the criteria solo but first i need to know what do you know about the mixolydian scale well, because that's what I, i'm most interested in hearing no one cares no well, one cares that's the freaking i disagree problem. i disagree um, i disagree, um, I disagree objection, with you objection sustained <laughs> moving on <laughs> i disagree i think i think <laughs> That's what makes us all different. That's why not everyone goes to the same band. I mean, like that's that's the that's what brings me joy is that is the understanding of what they're doing musically. Like I I love I don't like going to see well, I do, but like when I see Bela Fleck and the Flecktones, there's a yeah. band that that are so on the next level musically. Each one of them is so deeply musical and heady and and understands substitutions and all and all but fish does it in a way isn't jolting for me because i i get it i i I get the theory behind it and i appreciate the theory behind it and i'm just saying the theory that pearl jam has is very diatonic and pearl jam is one of my favorite bands of all time but they're diatonically writing songs and fish is as its mission not diatonically writing songs. And that's the difference. So you're never going to like Fish, no matter what I say, because their whole mission is based on something that you're never going to get off on. Because so that I'm a huge fan of Coltrane's Giant Steps. Like, I'm not against composition for composition's sake. Yeah. But there's just, there's something so self-conscious about it and so patched together about it that it just doesn't work for me at all. Yeah, it's not interesting you say that because it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like, that way to me. They, like, there will be portions of it where I'm like, oh, listen to this. And then they immediately transition into something that's unlistenable, unlikable, and and that's that's part of their gig. And I guess that I is, sort yeah. of understand it. But part of the deal is that also I, I, I will take I, I know for a fact that that you two guys know a lot more about music and musical theory than I do, and that's completely fair. I've been to those concerts, and there are not twenty one thousand music theory no, professionals not, at right. those concerts. They're and not. I, Lord knows why they like it, but they do and not like it because they're interested in hearing the changes of keys Lord and the changes knows of tempo. Why they like it? That's, that's true. So great. They, I'm, they probably. I mean, I assume they like it because they're high. Because they're that's, not. I mean, that's a big part of it. I think the community that surrounds jam bands and fish in particular is a very drug influenced culture and hearing fish face off is a much different experience than hearing fish on a road trip in a car with your parents it's a very very different experience and that's why hanging on every note is much easier when you're quite high 
And and there are times that I've been, been sober, and there's times that I've been tripping at fish shows, and I enjoy them the same. But I think the majority of people enjoy fish shows more when they're high. Clint, Clint, how many times have you seen them? Twice? I've seen fish probably forty times. I would say. Wow. Uh, I can tell you that one of my one of my favorite moments of seeing Clint was looking across the stage while we were playing a benefit concert. And Paige McConnell was playing keys. John Fishman was playing drums. Clint was singing lead and playing lead guitar. Nice. And uh, the smile on Clint's face was <laughs> yeah. uh, about two two feet wide. It was awesome. It was. It, like that's, so if we're going to call witnesses, I would yeah. call my 18-year-old self to the stand. Right, right. To go, to go for bat for fish because I'm a, I'm a pop music baby. Um, I'm just, I mean, Justin Bieber was my number one on spot. That's true. Right? Yeah. Right. That's, that's tells you something. I am all about the craft of songwriting. That's my entire life is based on the songwriting craft. And my 18 year old self didn't understand prog rock, didn't understand anything but one, four, five and grunge. Right. Yeah. And so when I got turned on to weed for the first time is literally the same month that I heard fish for the first time. And changed my life entirely and i i just remember that point in my life diving so deeply into that that catalog that i became a lifelong fan in two months because wow. i learned every nuance of every song that they had released up to that point and then i you know i haven't seen fish live in 10 years oh. i don't think so it's like it's one of these things that I hear it on when we talk about is fish listenable. I have serious radio. I'm sure you guys do. It's one of my program stations. Do I go in the car and listen to fish radio all the time? No. But when I'm sick of a station and I'm flipping through, I will definitely get into a jam and ride it out till the rest of the thing. So for me, it, it's, it's deeply listenable. I'm also a huge fan of their, their, studio stuff because in addition i'm a, just a huge studio junkie in 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 any way and so the fact that they play no click track live all in one room four guys playing actual instruments together and they have these super complex songs but also these silly like fun whimsical bluegrassy weird songs i just love that about it that it's just a rock band four guys no one ever sits in with the band no one ever opens for the band it's just they do what they do and have done that since they started in 1983. They haven't changed. They have had no hit songs. 83? Holy 83. smokes. They turned That's... 40 this year. Wow. And no record, no record push, no anything. They haven't had anything. They've done it entirely on their own. And they've, that... had, an, they've had an ice cream. They have had an ice cream. I was going to say, I can't, I can't believe we've waited this long to talk about fish food, which is, <laughs> in my in my estimation, the best ice cream flavor that has wow. ever existed. Wow. You So I prefer New York Super Fudge Chunk. And I prefer Chunky Monkey, but I do fish, love fish food. It's really fish good. Fish food all day long. Clint, you've seen uh, the Trainastasio band quite a bit as well. Yep. What do you prefer, tab or fish? I think well, it's two using tab like an insider. Nicely it's, done. I like it's that. definitely two different beasts altogether. I think it's incomparable. They the tray stuff is super. 
I mean, the horns just changed the whole thing for me. Mm. And because musically, very the Jerry Garcia band was better musically than the Grateful Dead. It was similar. Yeah, know, similar apples yeah. and oranges. Yeah. I, but oh, I, I think it's like Fuji apples and Red Delicious apples. I was <laughs> gonna say they're comparable. I just saw Trey like a month ago at the Greek, yeah, actually. Same, and uh, you know, I it's not the Diego. same thing, but it's you know, it's it's. Different. I don't think Ben would wander in and be like, "Who is this guy?" <laughs> no, <laughs> he would identify pretty quickly. No. no, but but knowing the nuance of his playing and his writing style, it's definitely its own thing. thing. Trey's drummer in the Train of Stasia band is a guy named Russ Lawton, who's a guest frequently on the Age Old Question. And he and Clint have played in a you've played in a band with Russ for 15, 17, years. 17 yeah. years. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Russ great, can, Russ great can drummer. Throw down. Uh, great right. drummer. Has everyone uh, said their piece? Yes. You can you can make your judgment there, buddy. No, no, wait. I'll say one more nice thing. Yeah. As long let's as hear it. Um, so I do not like the genre. I think we're all clear on that. Uh, that being said, this is the second best band in the genre, like, and it's not even close. Right. I think the gap between Fish <laughs> and Widespread Panic and Government is Mule, like a yeah, freaking continent. Definitely. Um, they're they're really like uh, they're they're really really good within this genre. I mean, it's like you know how like comedians like the first best comedian is a lot funnier than the second best right, comedian, right. and the second best comedian is like the tenth best comedian. You're like, wow, I really wish I hadn't come. There's a lot of Larry the Cable guys on this list of champions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. We, we might have to go back and splice in some fish music along the way, but at, at, at least let's get one fish song in here jeff Simon. you pick it what do i play for him are, something are we gonna grooving to are we gonna do are you did you put any studio cuts on that or is it all live I did. stuff i put four four shorts and six longs to because i knew tim wouldn't listen past the first five minutes so i would say the studio version of julius interesting that was not not among my choices here we go all right let's hear it uh do I've been told to expect it I begin my descent down the cold granite steps And who could have turned among those I can fight in I think that I know what I haven't known yet Cause a week is a month and an hour a day When your reaching just pushes it further away with your past and your future precisely divided Am I at that moment? I haven't decided Don't take another step I haven't decided Don't take another step And stretching out into the sea, Aquitana Is that what the prophet told me you saw? All right, Rich like Price. like Halen's ice cream man. <laughs> Starts out a goose <laughs> and then goes electric. Oh, yeah. Rich Price, what was your take on that song? What'd you think? I liked it. I mean, I I didn't love it, but I liked it. <laughs> I was I was intrigued. And then Ben just ruined it. For How much longer career. is it? How much more does it go on? It's a that's a four minute song. It's not a long okay. one. Okay. 
in concert it's 12 and a half minutes ben yeah, yeah. Which, that'd be crazy he just goes over and over and over and over again at the end but yeah right right like they can write a good song and they choose not to <laughs> oh my god <laughs> And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the last word. It's like yeah, they're right the there. I feel like the judge and I are simpatico. Like I'm, I'm gonna in. stop talking. I'm in. And they then know what good me. is, and then walk away from good. By the way, Jeff Simons has said the, almost the exact same thing about the Eagles. Yes, I have. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, know that Ben's fish is my Eagles. I just am like. They, I can't get anywhere except for the baseline on one of these nights, which is fantastic. Makes you want to take off your shirt. Joe Walsh. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because it's not the bass player. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Walsh is like, man, can I see that for a second? And <laughs> records the one good thing on the Eagles catalog. Joe Walsh from Cleveland. Uh, yes, I've learned so much. All comes together. I've learned brother, so much on this Brother-in-law podcast. of Ringo. Oh, that's right. Oh, my God. I really? They're That's both right. married. They're both married to uh, a, p- a pair of sisters. And I have the, my Sweetwater rep is both of their Sweetwater reps. Is that right? Yeah, hilarious. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Do you get your stuff? Do you get their stuff by accident ever from the Sweetwater no. rep? Or? No, but I talk to him about it every time he tells. She talked to Ringo lately. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, Joe Walsh. That is awesome. Yeah. All right. Well. Clint and Rich, it's great to see you, gentlemen. So much fun. Love so the fun. fact that you jumped on to uh, to thanks to break for including down us. Fish. Yes, thank you so much for having us. I'm yeah, gonna go have well, some fish food. Well, yeah. I'm I'm actually gonna run upstairs and vacuum. I'm feeling self conscious now. All right, <laughs> don't forget to try and play. By the way, we take a picture of your face after you try and play the vacuum. I, I will just give it a shot. Give it a shot, man. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, Thanks, guys. guys. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Hey, guys. It's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music.